hi everyone. We are Exercise is Medicine or EIM at UC San Diego. And we are super, super excited to share a bit about what the club is all about and how we choose to, you know, make exercise a priority in our lives. And today, Catherine and I will be the um, professional develop, or we are the professional development coordinators at EIM, and we will be guiding today's panel. And we have a bunch of interesting questions lined up for today's panelists. And just a little disclaimer before we start, um, none of us are medical or fitness professionals. Um, and the info we discussed today is really only for entertainment purposes. And as such, um, it is not to be misconstrued as medical advice. So today we are joined by a few of the Exercises Medicine Executive Board members. Uh, hi everybody, I'm Brad. I'm the uh, previous president and founder, uh, current graduate advisor. Not really sure what that means yet. Um, <laughs> I'm a UCSD alumni, currently a UCSD graduate student, and I'm in the, in the process of applying medical schools right now. I'm Ria. I'm a first year and I'm majoring in bioinformatics. My position on the executive board is webmaster. Uh, my favorite exercise is probably hiking or swimming. And my projected career path at this point is something related to biotech, healthcare, or data science. And I think that's really important because I'm fascinated by the intersection between those fields. And I think that healthcare is the most effective when we embrace multiple approaches and put them together. So that includes physical activity, technology, trends and data patterns, et cetera. Hi, I'm Tani. I am a fourth year at UCSC. Uh, my major is family medicine and public health, and I'm minoring in global health as well. I am this year's uh, community outreach coordinator. My favorite exercise would probably be running. Um, I also do like hiking as well. Uh, I am pursuing a career in medicine, and I was planning to be applying in the 2021 cycle for med school, but due to the pandemic, I'm going to be applying. Hey everyone, uh, my name's Olivia. I am a second year in Marshall College. Um, my major is human bio, but planning on switching to global health. I am the publicity coordinator um, for EIM and my favorite exercise is probably running and calisthenics, although like beginners level. <laughs> um, and my intended career path is becoming a PT. Uh, my name is Catherine. I'm a third year in Marshall College and I'm currently majoring in human biology. Um, I serve at EIM as one of the professional development co-coordinators with Daniel. Uh, my favorite exercise, I guess I'll get to that later, but I really enjoy planking. But yes, I'll talk about it a little more later. And then um, my intended career path is still a little iffy. I mean, to be honest, like, I don't know. I'm still thinking, I, I know a lot of you viewers might be still thinking about like your intended career path, but as for right now, I was thinking maybe going into PT, something like Olivia said, or maybe even PA school. Um, hi guys, I'm Daniel. Um, I'm a third year and I'm a global health major. And um, I'm currently one of the other co-professional co um, development coordinators with Catherine. And uh, my favorite exercise is probably just hiking or walking around. And my intended career path, I intend to become a physical therapist. Um, and yeah. Okay, cool. So thank you all for introducing yourselves. Um, before we dive into the questions for our student panelists, 
Uh, here is a quick mes message from the Exercises Medicine Club president, Ashley Lopez, um, AKA my boss. But uh, she couldn't be here today. Uh, she wishes she was, but um, I'll just be sharing her message in her stead. Welcome to week two and another season of the EIM podcast. For those of you who may be wondering who or what exactly EIM is, we are a UC San Diego student organization serving two key purposes on both our campus and in the greater San Diego community. Um, our mission statements, first, uh, we are committed to raising awareness about exercise as a means for maintaining health and preventing disease. And number two, uh, we also promote our members' professional development by raising awareness about the diverse careers in sports medicine, which is sort of why we made this podcast. We hope that our discussions about exercise and overall well-being between our members and sports medicine professionals are yet another resource that can be utilized. Um, speaking of which, our organization also offers a peer mentorship program, a workout buddies program, a bi-weekly newsletter, professional development workshops, and community outreach um, opportunities. If any of these sound interesting and you would like to become involved, uh, please reach out to us via email, Facebook, or Instagram. And just a quick thank you for joining today's live stream. You're in for a good time. And um, now for um, on the topic of EIM's first mission statement, which is raising awareness about exercise and activity, we want to start by asking you guys um, to spill the ways you have been staying active before coronavirus hit, during the lockdown, and now as school is ramping back up. So uh, before the lockdown, I was going to the gym like probably five times a week and just doing like weightlifting, cycling. During the lockdown, gyms closed. So I started running, but that was just awful. So <laughs> I, I took like a few weeks off, which was like really nice. And uh, now school's ramping back up. The gyms have kind of reopened. So I'm going for like maybe 45 minutes and doing like cycling and stuff. Wait, Brad, why was running awful? You have to tell us. Oh, okay. Well, one, I, I actually really enjoyed running, but like, I have bad knees <laughs> and I feel like an old man saying that, but it was just really bad on my knees. So. Um, so before the lockdown, it was kind of interesting that I was mostly doing indoor activities, um, like body weight workouts or like classes at the Y or Pilates, stuff like that. Um, one thing I really miss is swimming. Um, there aren't a lot of pools near me. I haven't gone swimming in a long time. So I miss that a lot. And also swimming is good for your knees. I agree, swimming, overrunning any day. Um, and then once lockdown started, it was weird actually that I personally started doing a lot more outdoor exercise, like hiking, a little bit of running and biking. Um, I kind of feel like everyone heard the word lockdown and then decided to go for a walk or a run outside. Um, it seems really strange, but I think it's probably the most generally accessible exercise to prevent cabin fever. I love that. I was guilty. I, I was one of those people who were like, walk or run or hike occasionally. But there were also a lot of people in the, you know, in the trails, so. <laughs> cool. So um, I guess next question, what have been your go-to exercises? Uh, personally, I guess over lockdown, I was really enjoying, you know, walking, running, and I tried some HIIT workouts. Uh, but my current favorite, as I said, I would get to, has actually been doing the, I like the plank. Um, and I don't mean the face down 
planking trend that went viral in, I believe, 2015. But, you know, like the actual proper plank where your elbows are underneath your shoulders, you know, your head is in neutral position, that type of, you know, good for you, healthy plank. But um, yeah, I really enjoy that one just because it's so easy to do. Like if I'm already lying down on like the carpet in my apartment and like suddenly, I don't know, fitness inspiration strikes me, I can just get up in a plank. So accessible. But yeah, that's me. <laughs> what about y'all? Uh, my go-to exercises have been like cycling and just weightlifting recently. Lots of, lots of chest stuff, <laughs> lots of arm stuff. I don't do a lot of lower body stuff. But cycling, for sure. My go-to exercises have been, I am guilty, I'm one of the persons to go running a lot because of lockdown. Um, but I, I actually, I did enjoy running before lockdown. Um, and then I've also been doing, it's like a whole program that I like watching YouTube videos and just like YouTubers that have to do with exercise and all of that. And my favorite YouTuber is Natasha Ocean. She's like, I think she's getting, yeah, I can see you, Catherine. She's gained a lot of popularity over the years. And I've, I think I've followed her for over like three years already. She's so cool. Um, she has like a four, I, I believe it's like four um, exercise programs. And right now I'm doing one that's called Home, which is like very adaptable you just need like this resistance bands a share and yourself and it has two upper body days a week two lower body and a hit and then if i feel like doing yoga or running apart from those then i'll just do that but that's my go-to right now well for me uh with quarantine i also do like to run as well um as what everyone else has been saying um planking has been great that is also something that, you know, I'll do if I like want to break a little bit. Um, but mostly like if I am able to get out of the house because it's been pretty hot in Orange County, I would go to the beach and then I would just swim in open water. Um, I feel like that is a good workout for like my legs and like my whole body. And it's much easier to tread water in the ocean than it is in a pool. So I really like that. Um, surfing is not as easy right now all the waves are horrible <laughs> no matter what beach I go to uh, there's also been a lot of rocks so I will cut myself um, but yeah then that like you know I think quarantine has made me take advantage of like a lot of things that nature has to offer which I've really enjoyed nice so um now um have you been able to balance your obligations as a, as a student while also maintaining a healthy lifestyle especially during COVID I have to time manage, at least like for me, I time manage everything. Uh, I like to know things in advance if there are like other family obligations that I have. Um, and I try to basically tell myself like, this is what I have to do at this time and I'll sit down and I'll do it. Um, I guess like in terms of studying, I would study for maybe like 45 minutes straight and then take like maybe like a five or ten minute break and then go back into it just because I can't I can't sit there and study for a long period of time anymore just because now I know I'm I'm really stuck at home it's not how it used to be um, it was a lot easier when I would go to coffee shops or you know um, the library at school like 
great library. I love the biomedical library at our campus. And I would just study there. But now because I'm just in my room, there's no really change of environment. I just have to break up my studying uh, times in like shorter increments just so I can stay focused and know like, you know, this is like 100% or 110% of what I'm putting into my work rather than just like 80% because I'm getting distracted with TikTok, Instagram, you know, Netflix. Yeah, I'm kind of like the same as Tani. I like to break up my like studying or schoolwork with just little breaks. I just kind of like get up and walk around. <laughs> I don't really do anything. And uh, exercise wise, I like to kind of anticipate my day, like what's happening. And if I have time, I'll try to spend like 45 minutes to an hour at the gym, maybe longer if I have it. But that's, that's pretty much how I've been doing it. Yeah, and that kind of like leads into our next question, because we know that exercise is really just, you know, one part of a healthy lifestyle. Um, how have y'all been, I guess, prioritizing your mental health and perhaps uh, practicing self-care, you know, amidst your school obligations too? Like, I know it's like really a plateful. For me, I mentioned swimming. I love swimming, but unfortunately, I haven't been able to do that. But I think a good replacement for now is going on hikes and walks, even bike rides with close friends or even alone. I feel like it's a really um, easy, low impact way to get fresh air. And especially for me to deal with how starved I get for social interaction, bonus points for pretty sunsets, city lights. Um, I think even though everyone is masked and socially distanced, it makes a really big difference to get moving somehow and also get some vitamin D. It's also a great excuse to get some takeout afterward. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Have any of um, your family members experienced any setbacks in um, their fitness goals or practices due to external or unforeseen circumstances, especially during COVID because a lot of our loved ones may have been affected. So yeah. Well, as for me, my father was diagnosed with stage four colorectal cancer in 2018. Uh, it happened in March. Uh, three days before my birthday. So that has been something that we've been dealing with um, for a while now. Uh, it's really hard, you know, like going places. There's no trips. Um, studying has been, was a lot harder for me. Uh, I decided to cope with it by taking um, classes at three different colleges before I had transferred to UCSD. Uh, while running back and forth into the hospital for his chemo treatments, um, to be with my mom for surgeries, everything, I was basically her right hand. Uh, currently, that is still something that we're dealing with now. Um, it's a little bit easier to cope with just because it's been around um, for a while. Um, but I mean, his condition's not getting any better. Um, there's like other things that we're trying um, just to see Recently, I was just told that I may be flying to Northern California to be with my uncle and his family for an unknown amount of time because my aunt may need surgery. Uh, she has been having a lot of bleeding. Uh, she has basically half of her blood volume in her body. So that's pretty hard for me to deal with on top of COVID taking six classes currently this quarter, um, you know, being a part of EIM, which like I'm super grateful for this opportunity, but this is just something that like, you know, life happens. It's really difficult. I'm trying my best to basically show that, you know, I can handle things. I'm very 
I show as like, physically, I look very put together. Internally, probably not. <laughs> but I try my best, you know, like I'm doing decently well right now in classes, but you know, granted, it's only week two. And uh, so hopefully I can just, you know, continue basically taking care of myself, even though I put the health of everyone else in my family in my life before mine. So the only fitness goal that I have is literally to maintain, you know, a healthy lifestyle as much as I can, despite, you know, running around, getting groceries and everything for my family. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I'm really yeah. sorry to hear that, but um, I'm, I'm hopeful for you and your family. Thank you. I'm, I'm really glad you're still maintaining a healthy lifestyle amidst like all these struggles. You're really strong. Thank you. Uh, so in my, in my experience and my family's experience, um, my sister, when she was, I think like 13 or something, she was like a big gymnast and she actually broke her lumbar spine and had to like, and like her athletic career was basically over. And so that was a real eye opener. Um, and that, I mean, not my fitness goals particularly, but it definitely changed her fitness goals and uh man yeah it, it was really hard for her and it was hard for me like seeing how that affected her but she bounced right back after surgery and uh ran cross country in high school and is just killing it now so you know life happens like tani said but you got to keep going hey go her that's amazing yeah, know, right <laughs> she's stubborn <laughs> that's for sure so for me I think my biggest one has been like spraining my ankle <laughs> and that was not very hard to fix so I'm, I'm good you know um, I think um, someone that has been set back more is my brother he was training to be a like studying and training to be um, just a trainer literally um, and he used to do weightlifting and until he hurt one of his discs. So he basically had to stop weightlifting or get more injured and have surgery, which would be like very risky. And that's when he started doing calisthenics and learning more about like different exercises that he could do. Um, so yeah, he totally like changed his career path and everything because of that, but he's still like very active and he has shown me a lot about calisthenics too. And yeah, I really admire him. That's so cool. I'm glad you both found like common exercise that y'all could enjoy, like either together or that he taught you that. That's so cool. Wish my siblings did that for me. I know. Too. Yeah. The one that introduced you to calisthenics. Yeah, no, I, I knew nothing about it. And that, like, if you ask me how much can you do about it, I'm like below beginner's level, but I admire it so much. Like I've looked at pictures of what they can do, videos, and I just find it like so awesome how they can control every muscle of their body. <laughs> it's just like mind blowing for me. Pretty cool. Yeah, first of all, mad props to y'all and your families. Like those are some winning mindsets. <laughs> major goals. Um, my family personally isn't super active or into sports, so I've noticed that it's really important to stay active and have the right mindset from a young age. 
Um, and it really helps if your family encourages you to do that from a young age when like before you're cognizant of all the benefits of exercise and why it's important to stay active from a young age. Um, so I, I feel like when you aren't prioritizing physical exercise, it gets really difficult really fast as you get older because your mindset and your physical condition can get worse quickly or you could get injured. Um, and that's like the most common unforeseen circumstance that just throws everything off track. So I think specifically seeing family members neglect exercise, especially as they're getting older and then putting it off because they feel like they're weak or they're unmotivated. I feel like that gets in the way the most often. And it's also really easily preventable. It's just hard to stop once the ball gets rolling. I totally agree. But um, yeah, I think, I guess any time is like, hopefully a good time uh, to, I guess, start, you know, start healthy patterns, healthy habits. But you are definitely right about how, um, you know, in the, in the environment in which you grow up and like the people you surround yourself with, it's definitely like, I guess a lot nicer if the people who are around you, like they also promote exercise and, you know, healthy living. But um, I don't think it's ever too late to start, you know? Like even right now, I'm 20. I'm trying to like learn new exercises, try new things just to stay healthy. But yeah. Um, so thank y'all for being brave enough to share those. Those, those were hard answers, hard questions. But um, I guess to move on to something like a little lighter, uh, what's the most unique exercise y'all have ever done? Um, personally, in like the past month or two, the most unique exercise I've done, it's not really like some fancy lift or like fancy technique or anything. It's really just um, helping my roommate build her Ikea furniture. I don't know if any of y'all had experience with that, but moving into a place and building Ikea furniture and hammering <laughs> and screwing and like, in a place that didn't have AC or windows, like I was, I was sweating and I felt, I felt like my muscles were straining, tensing, you know, so it had to be some sort of physical activity. But that was mine. Uh, what about y'all? <laughs> well, at least for me, it was more just like helping my brother. Uh, he became TikTok famous for his paintings and, you know, he decided to mass produce uh, posters and prints and stickers of his work and he sold a good amount. Uh, so we basically, my entire family joined in to help, you know, create everything when, you know, to punch holes in like little papers, slitting the little slits on like the paper to stick the sticker in to make it look very professional wrap it and like package it and like lift the boxes of all the packages mm -hmm. to carry to the post office to unload it there and go back to the car it was like back and forth for a while we would be up until like three four in the morning me and my brother working on that so i wouldn't say like that's like considered an exercise but i feel like it was because we were running around like headless chickens everyone in the family you know the whole entire living room downstairs um is filled with all of his uh stuff for his uh website and his uh sales and everything his website his website is tuankotsu.com it's t-o-a-n-k-o-t-s-u.com i hope everyone wrote TikTok. That. yeah his tiktok <laughs> and his instagram buy yeah. something <laughs> Awesome. He must be really creative. <laughs> um, so for me, I know that yoga is not actually weird, but 
like I guess it was like the weirdest exercise that I've tried because I was just like I came in not knowing what to expect and I just knew that my sister loved it so much so I went with her to one lesson and I thought it was just gonna be like you know stretching that's all I see for yoga um and I was like I got this I've been in ballet for a couple of years you know um but then I went there and it's just it was very interesting because it's it also has to do with like I don't know what religion it has to do with but they do like this chance and all and I want it to be respectful but I am a person that laughs very easily so I was just like trying my best not to laugh because you know I'm, I'm religious too it doesn't feel like good when someone's like laughing at your religion you don't know like someone in there practices that so I think that was like the weirdest factor for me in regards to yoga but I actually I enjoy it so much it became one of my favorite um like exercises to do and I admire people who are like pros at yoga because it's definitely not easy at all <laughs> oh hot yoga is a is a real one yeah yeah I think I tried yoga like once and I just gave up afterwards. <laughs> I was like, I've had enough. <laughs> Line up your chakras, Brad. I, I should. I need to. My ground chakra is all out of whack. <laughs> Something that was really hard for me was just like staying in the same position because I think I like explosive exercises, something in which I'm constantly moving. And that's like the complete opposite of that. You just have to be patient and like take oh, the yeah. static workouts are the worst. Yeah, <laughs> but helped my patience. <laughs> cool. So um, I think now we might like transition into some questions about EIM's second mission statement on promoting professional interests and development. So I guess to kick it off, we wanted to ask y'all, uh, what are some ways that maybe y'all have been able to further your professional interests, especially during quarantine? I know a lot of students um, and a few friends are on campus due to, you know, unique COVID-19 uh, circumstances, and they still want to grow professionally. Do you have any ideas for them? Any uh, tips and tricks? Yeah, um, I actually think that since physical therapy is considered um, like an essential thing for people to do, especially if they are ill, um, there are definitely clinics that are open, and I know that there's, I can't remember it right now, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a clinic that is open and is accepting internships in San Diego. I'll get back to you in the name. Um, so I, I think for physical therapy, you should be able to find, like, internships right now. I... Um, personally didn't even apply because I'm just like trying to keep my family safe and I think I'm the person that goes out the most <laughs> in my family um, because sometimes I'll go to campus and stuff um, so I'm gonna try to apply next quarter um, but I also know for people who are not in San Diego or just people who don't want to go out um, there are you can just look up in the internet for virtual shadowing opportunities. I know that there are lots of those around right now, especially because of COVID. And I know of a friend or two who are doing that, and they've told me that they've had like really good experiences with that. Yeah, the, the virtual shadowing thing is really cool. There's actually a website that I can plug. It's called findshadowing.com. And that should, that should help anybody who's interested in shadowing get some uh, 
get some experience. That's that's like from MD school stuff specifically though. Oh wow! Do you know like what they offer? Um, is it do they do like case studies or do they like take you around and? No, I haven't really. I haven't done it to be honest. But I I listen to this podcast, and if anyone who's a pre med likes podcasts, you should listen to this. It's called um, the Pre Med Years, I think. And is this guy, Dr. Ryan Gray, is just like awesome. And he is totally about like helping pre-meds. And this is actually like his, one of his endeavors. So it's really cool. Definitely check it out. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> I know about web shadowers uh, too. Like I've done a couple with them. Uh, I did like DO doctors, MD doctors. I also did a nurse practitioner. So I think they have a wide variety too. Um, I think their Instagram is like web shadowers or something like that. Um, I can give it to you later. Cool. So, um, yeah. So um, during your time as an undergrad, um, is there any specific class that um, inspired you to pursue um, the career that you guys are going after right now? Um, or are there any classes that you guys really enjoyed at UCSD? Personally, for me, I really enjoyed Global Health 148. I don't know if any of you guys took that. But um, I really enjoyed this class because it really opened my eyes to all the healthcare inequities that exist within our current medical system. And it made me well, want to advocate for those who are underprivileged. But what about you guys? Uh, at least for me, uh, I took also a global health class, um, Global Health 100 with Dr. Seth Hanna. Uh, he really, he made me honestly want to pursue like so many other things like, you know, like outside of the U.S. Like I wanted to literally become like a doctor without borders. Like after taking him, like it made me want to even more. Like I had considered it before and you know, like wanted to switch back and forth like 50-50 in the States, 50-50 in other countries. Um, but decided like, you know, like I really want to travel and like work in like other clinics and stuff, whether, you know, like I get a pay or I don't get a pay, like they, they really need help. And I feel like, because like if I get an education in the States, like it would be so meaningful because of all the advancements that I've learned here, I can, you know, show the other physicians or like healthcare providers in other countries, you know, like what they can do for their patients. I'm excited for you. You have so many goals and I know you can achieve them. So that's me. <laughs> cool. So um, what are some of y'all's uh, internship experiences uh, you might have had as an undergrad or maybe some internships that you are looking to get involved in and maybe y'all can walk us through like the pathway on how to get those internships. I think some viewers would be super interested in that. Hey, yeah, absolutely. That's why they're all here, right? So um, one internship that's really accessible to UCSD students is just like anything research oriented. And really the way to go about that is like go on UCSD website, look for something that you're interested in. Like you can literally just do the search bar like muscle or like exercise or something find a lab and just email all the people in the lab until you get some sort of response um, research internships are great uh, those can even turn into jobs after you graduate something else like clinically related could be like uh, we were talking about shadowing earlier we were talking about or we haven't talked about this yet but like medical assisting or like being a phlebotomist or something like that is always a good avenue so 
I've only had one internship at SDSU Adaptive Fitness Clinic, and they do mostly they deal with neurological diseases that prevent you from um, being able to do something physically. Um, and I think that was a great opportunity because it kind of got me thinking about, you know, so now that I know that I want to do physical therapy um, or maybe possibly occupational therapy, I'm still like kind of trying out different things to see what is best for me. Um, but just that that was so focused on neurological diseases got me thinking on, you know, is would that be something that I want to specialize in or do I want to work with the elderly with veterans like um, do I want to work with a sports team because I think that just in the realm of physical therapy you could go into so many different fields within that um, so yeah and I, I really enjoyed it and the process I actually, I joined through AMSA. They had this shadowing opportunities and like internship opportunities that a coordinator set up for us. There was like a small interview and I honestly, I didn't have like any experience. Like I couldn't go into that interview and tell them like, I've done this and that, but I was just very enthusiastic about it. Um, and I was like willing to learn and yeah, I think that as long as you show like your enthusiasm and how much you're willing to participate and to give, um, then that's like also a lot of, they'll see potential in you. Um, yeah, and that's actually something that EIM is working towards, towards providing those kinds of opportunities to students to um, gain an internship, to let them know what options they have. So just stay tuned and we're working with that. Nice. And um, and going off on a similar um, lane, what are what about research and volunteer, volunteer positions? Have any of you guys had any luck finding such opportunities? And um, how are they going for you right now? Uh, Volunteer-wise, I know UCSD does like a big volunteering thing, and I think Scripps does one too. I, I'm not as familiar with the Scripps one, but UCSDs is pretty easy to get involved in, especially if you're a student. You kind of just go online, apply, and they'll bring you in for like some sort of orientation. And then you kind of get to choose where you want to volunteer. Like I started out in the emergency department and now I'm doing like the ICU for like surgical oncology. And it's pretty cool. It's like four hours a week. Uh, you have like a little uniform and everything. It's, it's pretty cool. You get to work with like nurses and patients and stuff. And that's at UCSD Health? Yeah, that's at um, the La Jolla Medical Center. Or, or you can do Hillcrest as well. I'm pointing, but <laughs> you can do Hillcrest <laughs> or the UCSD Medical Center. For me, uh, I had a research opportunity lined up with uh, UC San Diego Health at the uh, Morris Cancer Center uh, that got canceled because of COVID. Um, it was more just like, you know, you interview with them and then, you know, they see if you're a good match, see how, you know, how you like see what they're currently studying and stuff like in your perspective and like how you would go about it and like how you comprehend it and if, you know, how you would talk to patients and stuff like that in terms of like getting information from them. Uh, currently, I'm volunteering with the American Red Cross um, as a health screener. Uh, that also was pretty simple. You just like apply online. Um, 
I get to do uh, some of like the lab work stuff. So like looking over like the lab paperwork uh, just because I have a phlebotomy license. So they sometimes allow me to do that if they're, you know, running behind schedule and kind of, you know, want everyone to get out <laughs> at a time. So it's been going pretty well. Um, I've not been doing it as actively because um, school started and I have six classes. So other than that, like if I do have time, like I would love to volunteer with them again. You just kind of like sign up for a schedule online and you get to pick where you want to go. And yeah. That's, so many opportunities are out there. Y'all, you just have to like reach out. I know it's hard. I know it's easy to say that too, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Easier said than done. Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm actually, uh, I guess I'm onto like the last two questions, maybe I can give some advice, but uh, I'm involved in uh, one of the physical therapy internships actually at UC San Diego Health, like Brad was talking about. And that was pretty fun. Um, I think it's restarting or it's starting back up this quarter. It was, you know, it was on pause due to COVID, but uh, understandable. And I personally haven't done this yet, but I know a lot of students who are involved in like pre-med, PA, you know, grad school, health, all that good stuff. Um, they get involved with the Pathmaker internship. And I think that just offers like a bunch of opportunities looking or for people who are looking to enter the healthcare, healthcare field. Um, there's like a lot of firsthand experiences and I believe you can do stuff like involved with intensive care, rehabilitation, surgery, emergency, uh, birth center, all that stuff. Um, I was honestly just reading off the slide for that last class. <laughs> so um, yeah, definitely check out maybe the Pathmaker internship if any of y'all are interested in healthcare. I think Alan, I think our vice president, Alan Duan, Duan I think he is a Pathmaker or a previous Pathmaker. Yeah, good things about it. Yeah. And also feel free to like reach out to any of us if like anything we're saying is interesting to you. We, we want to be a resource as well. But um, okay, so I guess we can move on to the next question. Do you have any tips uh, for those who are trying to, I guess, get their feet wet and, you know, just starting out to enter the professional world? Uh, what's the secret? Is it like having a good LinkedIn profile? Is it cold emailing? Like, LinkedIn definitely helps. I, I have not had a LinkedIn until this year, actually. So I never even really used it, but I definitely promote cold emailing and having a good resume. And that doesn't mean your resume needs to be like full of everything. It just needs to look put together. It needs to look, it's like succinct. It has your good experiences, you know, maybe like a little mission statement of what you're interested in. Definitely a good resume, cold emailing finding out what you want to pursue. So like research wise, if it's like I'm studying the spine. So if it's like the spine, find a lab dedicated to the spine, cold email, be like oriented towards that, you know, just really find out what you're interested in and put together like a good representation of yourself on paper. And that will get your foot in the door for interviews or, you know, these real experiences. Yeah. I also agree with Brad. Um, I think cold emailing, uh, I love it. <laughs> Actually, the, it works sometimes. I, it you does. are going to get ghosted. You are going to get rejected. And that's okay. That's like, that's part of the process. Yeah, I, I got ghosted so many times by emails, but the one person who does respond, 
you know, that's an opportunity that you can take. So Wait, it, sure. it works like 10% of the time. Cold <laughs> emailing, do you mean just like emailing a person directly or how does that work? I've never heard of it. I'm sorry. Like, e like emailing out of the blue, like they have no idea who you are <laughs> and you just pop up in their inbox. Okay. Also with like cold emailing, like try to be as respectful as possible, you know, like don't seem like, you know, you're kissing up to them, but also like kind of kiss up to them a little bit. Just like, you know, like, oh, like, you know, I've heard so many great things about you. Like, I would love to have the opportunity to, you know, blah, 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 whatever. You know, like that would help a lot too. Just so like, at least they know that you know who they are and like where they stand. Yeah. Exclamation marks sparingly, maybe like two. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sound like super excited. <laughs> Um, I think exercises medicine, uh, our, our committee, Daniels and I, professional development committee, I think we might be having a workshop on cold emailing. Uh, so if any of y'all are interested in that, you know, keep an eye out. Uh, I think that's such a helpful thing to know how to do, especially, especially during COVID. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, a lot of us are probably like pre-health or pre-med majors, like trying to become a doctor or PT or whatnot. And um, there's all of us have like a lot of prereqs that we have to take or whatever, like OCHEM sequence, GenChem sequence, whatever. So um, out of all the classes that you guys have taken at SD so far, um, is there a hardest class that um, you guys have taken? Um, do you have any tips in studying efficiently or doing well in those classes? Or what do you guys think? The hardest class by far that I've taken is stats. And uh, <laughs> I was a transfer student and I did not take it at community college, which I should have. But um, stats was really, really difficult. Like, I did not anticipate any of that. Which stats? God, I think it was like Math 11. I don't remember who the professor was. It, it was like so long ago. But I definitely didn't study as much as I should have or really at all. I kind of just <laughs> thought like I could get through it easy. But um, definitely study. <laughs> definitely take every class seriously. Oh my gosh, Brad. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was thinking like, yeah, I want to say stats, but like compared to, I don't know, some microbiology, like someone's going to say something super hard. Then said stats, so thank you. <laughs> um, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's, really hard. it's really hard, but some people find it easy. Like um, a friend was telling me that he didn't even go to lectures and he got an A and then I was like, okay, I'll take it. I mean, I had to take it anyway, but he was telling me, like, it's easy. You'll be fine. I went to every, well, I didn't go to lectures because it was, like, online. I took it um, spring quarter last year, and I was so lucky to, like, be able to go back <laughs> with the videos because it was so hard. I just had to practice a lot, and... I had to take a pass, no pass, not gonna lie. <laughs> but, you know, just practice, try to study your terms, um, and fight for it. <laughs> for yeah. me, uh, I think it would be physics. I'm currently taking both the lecture and the lab right now. Which physics? Uh, physics 1A. Me and too. Then 1A <laughs> the I, professors. I lab report yeah. due tonight. <laughs> oh, I already turned it in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the professors don't even teach the class they have us all watch videos um my lab professor 
he was like, don't email me, email the TAs. They're going to respond. So I have never, ever had to take a class where I'm 100% independent. I have no idea what I'm doing. The instructions are very vague for everything. So, you know, on top of like COVID and everything being virtual, I really don't know if I'm going to do well in this class. Like all the studying tips and stuff that I've done that has had like helped me so much with my other classes. It's not going to work in this class. What are you doing to like stay on top of the workload when everything is so vague? Because I feel like a lot of classes are vague right now. I'm watching the videos like at least three times. Like, you know, the first time times two speed. <laughs> and then the second time like times like 0.5, like 1.5, you know, if I didn't like catch something. But most of the time, all the lectures I watch is times two, <laughs> which is pretty bad. But, you know, it's a lot of information. I'm, I'm just like taking notes on my iPad with a pen and paper. You know, I even got like the textbooks to go through with that, watching like other YouTube videos, you know, of like them like tutoring, stuff like that. Nothing's helping. You know, I even tried like a Chegg tutor. Chegg tutor left the, the chat room, was like, I don't know how to solve this. Good luck. <laughs> Um, I think for physics lab, like the biggest advice I can give is just don't procrastinate. Don't start it like two days before it's due like I did. Um, I think like for like those kind of lab reports, you should like spend, um, do a little bit every single day. And when you do that, you'll catch more mistakes or um, you'll realize that you've done a calculation wrong or something like that. So I think that's the biggest advice I can give. Don't cram, but do a little bit every day and then you'll feel more relaxed and more prepared and not feel stressed the day before, I mean, the night before it's due that you have to finish it, but yeah. Yeah, I usually uh, start it the day they like post it. So I started it really early. Yeah, yeah, that's a much better idea, but <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely do that for the next labs, but yeah. I think that's pretty good advice for overall, just like any class, because then you can just like kind of catch what you don't know and email the TA if any. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Don't crown you guys, but yeah. Cool. So um, I know a lot of sports medicine related professions, uh, they require uh, schooling sometimes beyond the undergrad experience. How have y'all maybe gone about preparing for such grad schools, especially in terms of prerequisite courses, maybe tests, uh, maybe making professional connections for uh, letters of recommendation and more. And um, also, what exactly is sports medicine to you and like to your own pathway? If you could share that, that would be so amazing. Well, uh, so I'm a pre-med, so preparing for med school is, is like a beast, you know, you have to take the MCAT, you have to do the Casper, you have to do so many things now, letters of rec, all this stuff. I guess the best advice I could give is to stay active in your classes uh, communicate with your professor. That'll be a good way to get letters, especially if you do well in the class. As far as tests, courses, uh, things like that go, like grades, just study. Like actually dedicate time to study every day. Don't procrastinate. Don't watch your show while you do it. Just sit down. Even if it's 15 minutes or an hour every day, just study and focus on studying. Uh, making professional connections. Oh, that was for letters. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's really the advice I can give. Um, beyond that, you know, find internships, find opportunities outside of school, 
find even work if it's not medically related is helpful for giving you, uh, you know, a leg up on other people who don't have work experience. So uh, sports medicine to me as a broader field is uh, something that incorporates exercise and nutrition into daily life. I think that sports medicine is really just focused on making sure people are able to perform like normal daily activities, you know, like go to the store, clean the house, do things like that in a relatively like pain-free and okay capacity. So I think uh, sports medicine to me is, is mainly ensuring that people can go about their lives in a way that is, you know, good for them. I am also pre-med. Um, I had made the switch. I guess it cannot answer is like, you know, your next question. Um, I made the switch from nursing. Uh, so, you know, the MCAT and everything, like absolutely exhausting <laughs> to prepare for especially if you have like other like obligations and stuff too. Um, I mean like for other prerequisite courses, um, I would say like the same thing as Brad, like do the best that you can. You know, like even if like, you know, you get like a B or a C, like that's still like, okay, that doesn't mean like you can't pursue medicine, you can't become a doctor. It's more like you can use that to your advantage and say like you learned from it and then you're going to do better. It's not always like, you know, like you get a horrible grade. That means like you should give up. It means like you should try harder or like figure out a way to make yourself better than what you were before. Um, with, you know, professional connections, I honestly, it's been difficult with COVID. Um, you know, like I've made personal connections with um, some of my professors in like classes during like office hour meetings. Uh, I would, you know, if you, you can kind of feel the vibe of like the professor, you know, if he's like more of like a relaxed, chill, kind of like funny professor, like I did that with my organic chemistry professor, I sent him chemistry jokes, and you know, made him laugh, made his night, you know, like, during this whole situation, and also asked him for a letter of recommendation, even though I never personally met him in person. Uh, I wish I could, but, you know, it's not safe to do so. So he told me to reach out to him and then, you know, we'll have like a meeting. And then he said he would be happy to write a letter of recommendation for me. You know, like that's like ways that you can kind of like get around the whole pandemic situation. For me, like sports medicine is kind of similar to Brad. It's just like, you know, with nutrition and exercise, most doctors kind of like, you know, like just like watch what you're eating and stuff like that. Like I want to be able to provide, you know, like certain things that you can eat or like recipes, like, you know, we can sit down and talk about what you can eat. Like, you know, like I've tried this and I think it's good. Maybe you can try it and stuff like that. It's more overall like to keep you healthy and it emphasizes nutrition and exercise more so than I guess some other types of medicine where it's more just like your physical and like internal health and doesn't really talk about exercise as much besides you know try to get your daily exercise like yeah try but I want you know to actually be there to help you do that exercise too. And um, Tony already touched on this but um, have you guys ever doubted or changed your career path as an undergrad? Um, or have you ever realized that um, you absolutely hated the career path that you were currently on and um, or you previously were on? And um, has exercise had um, a role in influencing this change? And um, personally for me, I came in 
and uh, as an undergrad thinking that I would become a UX designer. But then after taking like one CS course, I realized that um, that was not it. <laughs> uh, so, but then I was able to find my, find my passion for healthcare. So, um, but what about you guys? Yeah, for me, uh, math just became too difficult. So <laughs> uh, I, I had always thought I wanted to be either an engineer or a doctor. And when math became hard, I was like, oh, I'll become a doctor. So exercise definitely had an influence on that. For me, I originally wanted to be a doctor. And I didn't even know like what, like, what I wanted to specialize on. I just knew that I liked biology and science and helping people um and then I just like kind of connected that to um exercise always being like my stress relief and like something that I enjoyed so yeah and then um I think we have time for like one last question I know we're running a bit long but um do you all have any maybe tips or advice uh, pieces of advice for those who are just looking to perhaps work out for the very first time I would say to just look for something that you enjoy rather than try to have this like whole schedule of things that people have recommended to you because um, I've, I've done that. I have like tried everything that like my brother, when he used to weight lift, like I considered that, but it's not something that I really enjoy. So I naturally just like that I didn't even try and then there have been things that I like try once or twice and I just cannot stick to them because I don't enjoy them so I think my um, recommendation would just like first look for something that you actually like to do. Yeah I completely agree with Olivia if you hate the workout that you're doing then you're just you're not going to be motivated you're not going to want to continue doing it. Find something that you like doing. Maybe it's like walking to the store or biking or something and just continue to do that. Add in a little bit extra time every day. If you're like afraid of going to the gym, just you know, realize that no one there knows exactly what they're doing except for the guys that are like massive. <laughs> so there's no, there should be no anxiety there. It's just, it's a very supportive environment. And so if you want to go to the gym, I definitely recommend going in there with a friend, make it your first time. Maybe it'll be a good experience. I think like you should also start slow when you do decide that you want to work out, you know, like pace yourself. It's not, you know, some competition and it kind of takes time for your body to adjust. You, like you can't just go into like an intensive workout right away, like off the bat, you know, like kind of ease yourself into it, like let your body adjust. Like you do have to listen to your body as well. You know, like if it's too much for your body, like, you know, take it easier on yourself and, you know, like you'll still get results. Just, you know, it takes time. All of that is really good advice. I think it's really important to make sure that you're not making working out a chore and like making sure that it's genuinely something that you want to get up and do every day. And I think um, one possible, like something that could stop you from working out is like insecurity or anxiety or feeling like you're not physically capable enough um, to do certain exercises. And I think something that's really helpful for that is social support. So finding some kind of workout buddy or a close friend, it could it could be someone who's really experienced with exercise or someone that doesn't know what they're doing and is at the same skill level as you. And I feel like either of those can be really helpful in helping with anxiety and insecurity or whatever is stopping you from working out. All right. Thank you guys. And I think that's all the time that we have um, today. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who stopped by and gave it, you know, gave it a view. Um, and participated in EIM's first uh, GVM student panel by uh, 
putting some questions in the Slack. So thank you for that. Um, be sure to join Exercises Medicine at UCSD's Facebook group to stay active. The pun, anyone? Did anyone get <laughs> Oh, I'm embarrassed now. Stay active and up to date with our events. Um, sports medicine is a broad field and professions in this area really do go beyond just like orthopedic or primary care physicians. Um, they encompass uh, professions such as, you know, being an athletic trainer or exercise physiologist, uh, occupational therapist, physical therapist, physician assistant, and tons more. And uh, we really look forward to exploring these path pathways more with you. Um, through exercises, medicine, events, and all of that. Um, I guess one last thing before we leave, uh, look out for exercises, medicine's first newsletter. I do believe that's coming out week three. We are super pumped to have you look at that. Um, but yeah, other than that, thank you so much for coming and see y'all soon. Thank and thank you, you to our wonderful panelists. We love you. Bye. Bye.